Welcome to American Players Theater Talk Backs to Go. I'm Buzz Kemper, and I invite you to take a walk to the Touchstone Theater with Orange Schroeder and me as Orange talks with director David Frank about APT's 2018 production of Engaging Shaw by John Morigello. I have the honor of uh, having David Frank with me today, who's the director of Engaging Shaw, the uh, play by John Morogiello that includes excerpts from George Bernard Shaw and is going to be the November production at APT this year. So I wanted to start by asking you, David, where did you first see this play and decide that you wanted to do it at APT? You know, I actually have never seen it, but I certainly have read it. Um, uh, Brenda was the one who said... Here are some pieces that we're thinking about uh, for indoors next season, and I said that one. <laughs> um, it's because it's Shavian, and because uh, John Morigello is a very funny man, <laughs> and I'm fascinated in things Bernard Shaw, and also we're doing Heartbreak House this this uh, season, so it was a good pairing, and uh, I just immediately knew I wanted to do that play. And what can you tell us about the playwright? He's American, born in 1965. Yeah, he's a funny man. He is um, uh, obviously an extraordinarily adept um, researcher, um, but he also is a practical theater person. Uh, I think he has written everything from stand-up comedy to quite a few plays. Um, I, he's a man of, of obviously many talents, but one thing that has struck me, and I've read a couple of other pieces that he's written, is that he has a wonderful knack of finding historical characters that are really inherently interesting, just in the, in the characters, and that's very much true for Engaging Shaw, and bringing those characters to life and making them uh, dramatically very viable, uh, it's not in any way scholarly, but takes huge advantage of the fact that he has four fascinating characters that he clearly fell in love with and was uh, immensely interested in and brings to life. And you learn a lot about Shaw, but you always know you're in the hands of a terrific dramatist. So it is in no way academic. Uh, it really works. It's, um, it is actually ultimately, and being Shavian, it disguises this fact, and of course it comes out in a different way, being Shavian, but it is ultimately quite a romantic piece. We don't let anyone know that it's going to be romantic. <laughs> <laughs> and, and romantic in part because it's about George Bernard Shaw and his wife. Um, what can you tell us about their relationship? You know, I, I'm split now between wanting to talk uh, much about it and not wanting to give away too much about the play. <laughs> well, we could talk about the historic facts. But, I mean... but the historic fact, yes, indeed. I mean, all four of these characters, it's a forehander, um, absolutely existed. Um, so who is it beyond Shaw and uh, Charlotte Francis Payne Well, the, the, the Webbs, who were um, 
historically fascinating characters, came from very different backgrounds, uh, both very bright socialists. Uh, they were uh, founders of the London School of Economics. They were incredibly important in the initiation of the uh, Fabian Society. Uh, they were committed socialists when suddenly that was the new intellectual, social fascination of the very late... Um, uh, in the 1890s. And what is the Fabian Society? Well, that was, the, that was the society committed to bringing about socialism. Um, they were very clear that it was going to be through gradualism and permeation, that they didn't believe in violence, and that they thought inevitably that... Um, democracy would bring about socialism eventually mm -hmm. if people just kept speaking intelligently about it. Uh, and Shaw, of course, was a, a Fabian and uh, very committed to um, uh, an egalitarian view of life. And socialism was something quite new. Marxism was quite new. Um, and uh, many, many bright people were just fascinated with this uh, radical new idea. And, and um, Charlotte, who became his wife, was also a radical. She was, and, and she is fascinating because she, uh, like Shaw, she came from Ireland. Uh, it's Colleen Madden, <laughs> so, who, who is a genuine Irish descent. Um, her, her mother was born in Ireland, um, and um, she had income, and she had uh, expectations from her upbringing, from being a conventional person, and she rebelled. Uh, she um, actually fell in love with George Bernard Shaw reading his Quintessence of Ibsenism, well. <laughs> because she was... Uh, what a fascinating find. You know, we always talk about the 1890s. Uh, we always talk about um, uh, 5th century BC and the Elizabethan period, but we sometimes forget that the 1890s were one of the most fertile and fascinating periods of writing. Shaw, Chekhov, Ibsen, Strindberg, <laughs> Fedor... <laughs> That suddenly there's this great outpouring and this clash of Victorian, old Victorian ideas with amazingly radical ideas. And this play um, uh, loves that uh, environment because you see that clash. These are four people who um, are all uh, radical socialists. Um, but they come from... Um, very different backgrounds. Two, uh, two women, both um, with lots of money uh, in their background, um, not current, ready, not ready money, as uh, a character from uh, Importance of uh, Being Earnest says. Um, and uh, Sydney, who is incredibly bright, um, but comes from a working class London background. Uh, so you have this complete mixture of people. And then you have, one of the things I, I'd known vaguely about Shaw, I now know much, much more about him, is that 
every woman he ever met fell in love with him. Hmm. And he was not very good at resisting those approaches. <laughs> <laughs> so he is actually, um, you know, his, uh, one of his very early plays, I think his second one, The Philanderer. Well, it's about Shaw in many ways. <laughs> he could not resist. Um, and you never think of, of, uh, of Shaw that way. Um, but he also, at least in his own case, uh, was very much opposed to marriage. Um, he was suspicious of Victorian family relationships anyway and thought that um, parents bullied their children uh, with, some, some, you know, with, some, with some justification at that time anyway. Uh, so you get a wonderful conflict be between he and Charlotte who also thinks herself radical, but discovers when she falls in love with Shaw that she's is not as radical as she thought she was. And they were both of a certain age when that happened. Oh, yes. They, they'd both been, I mean, they, uh, Shaw must have been 40s, I think. I think they were around 40, yeah. Yeah, um, because, uh, you know, he spent many years in London as a, first as a, uh, as a critic, music critic, theater critic, uh, and then watching plays, he finally said, I can write better than this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, his early attempts were novels and essays and uh, political analyses, uh, all of which were beginning to make him successful. Nothing uh, compared with what he achieved once he started writing plays. But for her not to have married by 40 and for him not to have married by 40 is unusual. Oh, yes, indeed. And they were both committed to not marrying. Only, well, and I won't tell you what happened. <laughs> <laughs> and how much um, of Shaw is in the play? Is there dialogue? I mean, is there... Yeah, um, uh, John is an um, incredibly detailed researcher. And there's a part of the charm of the piece is that whenever he finds... Uh, uh, and Shaw was a great writer of letters. And, and people when they received a letter, they kept it because <laughs> they knew they were getting something special. So there is a, a, a lot of, um, of Shaw himself in there and a lot of quotes even from Beatrice and from Sidney and from Charlotte because um, there was, of course, no internet and no Facebook, so people wrote. And you could keep that, uh, you could keep those letters. And sometimes we have gaps, but it is remarkable how much we have still, how many letters we have. So uh, how much uh, John was able to take verbatim Shavian dialogue or uh, things that he'd written or that people had remembered him saying. And he was, um, he was constantly uh, um, uh, invited to, to speak. So there were many, many um, written records of, um, of uh, and sometimes he would write, you know, follow up with um, uh, a written version. But he was always being invited to address groups and um, everything from Hyde Park Corner to, um, you know, a small working man's club always asked and always accepted and never accepted a fee. Hmm. 
He had a lot to say. He had a lot to say, <laughs> and he felt passionately about it. Um, so what we see in this play is both a sense of his intellectual foundation, but we also see the human being. And the whole play, sure, is, um, always manages to, um, to bring something unexpected and original to his characters. And this play delights in that. They are absolutely not what you expect. And as soon as you think you have someone pegged, you don't quite. And not only are you surprised, you realize you believe it. It sounds um, like it's very so, entertaining. Oh, and, and Shaw felt that the only way he could get at the truth uh, was through humor. And that was um, his uh, calling card, his uh, essential, uh, um, essential grasp with literature uh, was through humor and wit. And so uh, now, that doesn't mean that he, he, was, he, he was the one who brought Chekhov and Ibsen to England when they were both, uh, uh, when, when no one knew who they were or no one gave them any weight. He was so... He, he appreciated people who have very different approaches, but his own particular way was always through irony, wit, the unexpected contradiction, the paradox, and that was his avenue to the truth. And this play is a, is a, a I, 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 I like to think of, if, if there was one summary for this play, that would be it. Perfect. We can't wait to see it, David. Thank you so much. Talkbacks to Go is a production of Orange Tree Imports and Audio for the Arts. Our theme music is Err by Steve Tibbetts, and it appears here by permission of the artist, courtesy of ECM Records. Please find us on iTunes and YouTube under APT Talkbacks to Go. With Orrin Schroeder, I'm Buzz Kemper. Thank you for listening.